ever feel like the government continues to usurp more and more control over your daily life? What's the solution? Well, it probably isn't to create even more government. Better Dead Than Red begins now. Welcome back to Better Dead Than Red. And today we're going to be talking about the Jarrell Shepard case. I have a guest on, unfortunately, Jarrell himself can't be on. Just go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. And if you want to, I guess, just kind of start from the beginning um, when all this stuff kind of just started happening. All right. So my name is Jessica Rivera. I was Jarrell's um, living girlfriend. We had been living together. We've been together for about a year now. Um, so I have some of the information because obviously most of this took place before we were together. Mm-hmm. Um, so on February 6, 2020, this is when the police went to Jarrell's current address at that time. He was at work. Um, so he comes home. Neighbors tell him, you know, there was a warrant for his arrest. The cops were there. So he he calls them. They tell him you need to report to central. Um, so he goes, he turns himself in at this point. He has no idea what's going on. Right. So when he gets there, they, you know, tell him what he's there for. He's willing at this time to give up his phone, anything that could prove his innocence at the time. Um, and he had expressed to me that the cops didn't even want to take his phone or anything of that sort. And usually when drug cases happen, they usually possess your phone and things. Um, right. They're going to take all your electronics because they want to see who you've been talking to and all of that. So, Yes. And obviously, I guess they didn't want any of that. So the judge ends up, he ends up getting um, $300,000 unsecured bail at this time. So this goes on now for about 23 months. I think he said he went to 15 court dates, showed up to everything. During this time, um, they were offering him plea deals. One of them was probation, straight probation, no time in jail. Um, The offer after that was 11 and a half to 23 months, which even at that, that's great because he could have did work release and things like that. Right. Jarrell refused to sign any of this because he said, I'm not signing this. I'm innocent. Now, someone that's guilty, you know, is you get offered probation. That's like, right. You yeah. Want. That, that's you know what I mean? so <laughs> if he was guilty, anybody smart enough would know, no, don't take this to trial when you could get years, you know, why not just take the probation and be able to continue living your life just under supervision. So Jarrell says, no, obviously he's like, I'm, I'm taking this to trial. I'm innocent. I'm not signing anything. So the trial date started October 20th to the 23rd is it was a three day trial. Um, now, before I go into this, well, actually, let me tell you. So the prosecution withdrew two of the charges before trial started. So he was linked to this um, allegedly linked to this corrupt organization um, with bringing meth into the county. Um, they eliminated the corrupt organization charges um, and also conspiracy to violate B1, B2, and B3. So this completely was eliminating him from everybody else. The whole, um, you know, 
this whole thing that they were putting into the group. Right. But they basically at trial, they still alleged that he was part of this group though. Mm-hmm. Yes. So before, um, I get into this. I want to tell you about the girl that allegedly bought the drug. Um, so this girl, if you, before these alleged drug sales, I think for any of the guys involved in this that were brought down by her, there's an article, you can Google it and tip it, type in Tiffany Iraqa, um, 2017 mm-hmm. article. Pops up. In this article, it states that, she was staying at somebody's house. I guess she didn't have a place to live. Well, these people report um, a stolen gun. So once you read through the article, she tells the police that she traded items for this gun, that she never stole it from these people. And then later in the article, it says, you know, she pled guilty to the stolen firearm. Mm -hmm. So right there, She's not credible to be any type of CI. She lied to the police before. So why use her in something else if she lied about, you know, other things? Right. You, and so, especially when it's her word, basically her word is all they use to put exactly. multiple people in jail, you know? Yeah. So you're messing with someone's livelihood to take the word of this girl that already lied to you once before. So during trial, um, Tiffany Iraqa states that she was in jail. She states to the cops, I guess she called Moser from the jail. She was trying to get the phone number from other people inside Lair County Prison. Um, she calls Moser and she tells, tells him that if she, he lets her out, she can get buys on several people that she named off. So in April 2018, she tells Moser that Jarrell was one of them, along with several other names, that she brought meth from him the end of 2017 and the beginning of 2018. Now, Jarrell was incarcerated from an incident with the mother of his children from November 2017. I think it was November 7th, 2017, until May 6th of 2018. So right there should have eliminated Jarrell from the whole thing because she's stating she was buying drugs during this time from him before she went to prison. And when she got out, he was incarcerated the whole time. Um, You know, so that's one of the things he has got from the prison, you know, his dates while he was incarcerated. Well, and interestingly enough, that's not the first time that's happened either. They, they had a case blow up. Um, It was actually Deb's son, the other, well, that probably would have been two years ago now, where they they charged him for making this buy when he was actually being processed through Blair County Prison. Yeah, and they so went how- back and got that, and it's like, okay, so and that was the quickest I've ever seen him throw a case out. But obviously, they already had too much invested in this one. Yes, I think they felt like they would be stupid, you know, to just get this thrown out because um, it had came that far already. Hmm. Um, so she states, you know, that she had bought drugs from these people. Jarrell was incarcerated in the time that she was stating this. Now, the first buy that she said when she bought these drugs from him took place at an address that he didn't even live in 
until September 2018. Mm-hmm. So she was stating that she was buying these drugs from him. This address for him didn't even exist. And then he went to court with his paperwork from probation where he was released to prison at the address. He was still living with the mother of his children. And he lived there until I think roughly September 2018 because I don't think he moved in with his friend yet. So he was renting a room off this girl. Mm-hmm. So now he has official paperwork from probation stating where he lived and when his address changed. And now the addresses and the times don't even match up of what she's saying. There was also brought up. So I think it was while he was incarcerated, he tore his Achilles tendon. Now, at the time when he got out, he was still in a boot. Very visible. It's summertime. He's wearing shorts. Um, it's something you would notice when you first see someone. Right. So when she, when she was questioned about this with his lawyer, she stated when he asked, like, did he have anything noticeable, like a cast or anything? And she was like, no, I don't think so. And then <laughs> the lawyer, his lawyer was like, are you sure? Like, there wasn't like a boot on his leg or anything. And she's like, oh, yeah, I think there was. No, you stated there was nothing obvious. And now you switch it up. So she didn't even know Jarrell at this time. They had never met. And he stated he never met her until... October of that year, I think is when they actually met mm-hmm. of 2018. Now he was having a sexual relationship with this girl. Um, and he's, he was very truthful at court. He stated, yes, you know, I'd been in a relationship for so long. I was talking to several females at the time mm-hmm. and there was jealousy between these females. So I don't know if she was jealous, got mad or whatever for this situation. No, well, I'm sure. Last- I mean, that definitely could have been part of it. And that just takes it from being the the sexual relationship aspect, which already makes it look bad to like, you know, kind of like a love triangle kind of thing, which makes it look a lot worse, you know, as far as yeah. credibility goes. Well, and so um, the way they contacted each other was through Facebook messages. OK, now everybody knows when you connect with someone on Facebook, it comes up like you are now connected with Jessica Rivera. You know, so you guys are able to message each other back and forth. So these messages she brings to court from Facebook never has the connected thing. It's and she's saying these are all the messages between him and her. So that was a lie because the connected part was not there anymore. And if you scroll up to like, you know, somebody when you first start talking to them on Facebook, it will still say connected. Right. Um, so that was no longer there. So right then and there, it should tell you, okay, this was altered. She's not, she's, she's missing pieces of these messages. So Jarrell tried, um, his lawyer put in a subpoena for Facebook to release any messages because Jarrell always deleted all his messages with all these girls and stuff. So right. he no longer had these and we tried everything to get these messages, but there was nothing back for Facebook. Um, yeah, and that that's one of the big problems with with Facebook is it's whether you're trying to get them for the defense or even when the prosecution tries to get stuff like Facebook is just for whatever reason they are a real pain in the ass when it comes to getting anything. So it's like yeah. in ways it it could be a blessing maybe if they can't get something, but then if you have evidence to exonerate yourself, like good luck getting that if you don't have it saved, you know. And then they'll yeah. say. Well, you know, these could have been altered because you don't have the 
official copies from Facebook and they'll try and get stuff thrown out that way too. Yeah. And when you read these messages with her, um, like when you're actually reading them, you can tell that it just doesn't line up. There's stuff missing from it. Right. Um, so this first alleged drug sale that takes place, he lives in this apartment building. Now in the middle of the apartment building, there's like a huge entrance that you can walk through to the back of the apartment. Now, where it's located at, where the police said that they were sitting in their car, if you actually go there and sit, you can't see, once they walk into that entrance to go to all the doors, you can't even see where they go. Right. So, you know, allegedly, it states in in the text, these text messages on Facebook that, you know, she was going up for her bag of clothes. So, Jarrell tells me, you know, this was from the previous night. He's like, I still remember it blatantly to this day. She, she came up, she got her bag closed. Well, in the meantime, there's several apartment buildings in this. So how do the cops know, first of all, if she didn't enter somewhere else, who she actually, you know, where she walked in at, where she came out of. There's a whole back to the building that you can't see where something could have been hidden. She could have placed it there beforehand, you know. And the other thing when they were questioning um the female officer that you know strip searched tiffany they don't do cavity searches Mm -hmm. now i i was incarcerated um probably i don't know it's going on maybe 11 years now 11 12 years now i know (laughs) what females can put inside them and get away with like it's very easy to hide something like that. So in my personal opinion, cavity searches should be done when you are taking someone's word to, you know, hurt someone's livelihood. You know, this is someone's life. Well, Um, and the other thing is too, like I've seen plenty of issues where they have somebody that will go into an apartment building and that's where the surveillance ends. And it's like, that's basic police work. If you're going to do this drug buy, at the very least, the officers should be watching it happen. They should be taking pictures. You know, I mean, that, that, that that's their yeah. job, but they don't do any of that. This this person just goes into an apartment building that could have 20 apartments in it. Well, I got the drugs from Joe Schmo, you know, not the other 18 or 19 apartments in here. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And then, like you said, it's somebody that started off their time in the system by lying to the police. And now it's their word. It's the entire case. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's sad, <laughs> you know, and Jarrell said this in trial, like he wasn't trying to say that the police officers were lying. He's trying to tell the police that this girl basically played them, you right. know, like she lied to him and made it seem like, yeah, I can get this guy and all this stuff. And it's making them look like, you know, I don't want to say idiots, but basically it's, that's what it's making them look like. Well, they Um, they make themselves look like that when they trust these kind of people. And especially mm -hmm. somebody in her case, like she called him up and was like, Hey, I'll give you names if you let me out of jail. So don't you think she'd have a little bit of motivation to lie on top Mm -hmm. of already being known to be not, you know, not very truthful person. I mean, (laughs) like, she was desperate and she was going to do anything she could, you know, to get out of jail. Yep. That's what, it, that's what it looks like. Um, you know, and 
I, the whole thing. So this, the, I think it was the first drug sale that allegedly took place. It states that, so they were trying to link him. His co-conspirator was uh, Sean Jackson, if I'm not mistaken. So a week before she allegedly got these drugs from Jarrell, she goes to give money to this Sean Jackson. When she goes to give the money to this guy, he states that, oh, I think you're being followed by the police. So she's driving every which way, here, there, whatever. Gives this money, finally, to this guy. And then a week later, gets the drugs for this money. Now, everybody knows any type of addict is not going to give money to someone and wait a full week to get their fix, let's say. Right. Makes no sense to me. <laughs> um, you know, a drug sale is usually you get the money and then you go get the drugs. Right. Like no, no addict is going to wait that long for their drugs and give somebody the significant amount of money for them. Um, I mean, everything that was being said and the jury, the, this thing was so, I don't even know how to say it, but it was so ridiculous that the jury was laughing during trial at some of these things. Um, just absolutely ridiculous. It made no sense. Some of the things she said. So he was actually found not guilty of being a co-conspirator to this guy, Sean Jackson, that was part of this, you know, huge indictment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was no proof. There was no, when you look, there's a huge packet for this whole corrupt organization that they were um, working on. I mean, packet. And then hours of recordings of these people. Not once was Jarrell's name in this recordings, his phone number, anything. The only thing that they allegedly had was this girl's word, you know, against his, basically. Yeah, and some so, doctored text messages from Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that was the only thing linking him to this huge meth organization. And Jarrell at the time had three different jobs. I mean, he was he was working. It was um when Wise Guys was first opening up. Mm -hmm. He was actually working like 40 plus hours there, um, helping them get their menu ready and things like that. He was working at Brothers Pizza. And if I'm correct, Burger King. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're selling meth, I don't think you need to be working three jobs, busting your ass to, you know. Yeah, if, if you're selling any drugs and have to work three jobs, you're selling the drugs wrong, basically. Yeah, so. <laughs> you, can't even, you can't even afford to, like, get yourself a car or right. get your own apartment so you're not renting a room. I mean, when you actually sit down and look at everything, most people, you know, they read the articles or they hear, oh, yeah, this guy got arrested. They don't look into it. You know, they just well, and the, the problem is, and the reason I wanted to get this out there is, number one, because that asshole keeps running his mouth on the page who I invited him to come on here. And, of course, he doesn't get You know, I love to argue, and I'd love for him to come in here and <laughs> take his bootlicker stance because, you know, it's the, the, the Altoona Mirror, if all you read is what's in the paper, they leave everything out, almost everything, that oh, yeah. that makes the prosecution look bad. And, and but... The whole reason I came across this case is because there were so many red flags in the article in the mirror. And I'm like, whoa, like, wh what is going on here? Like, 
that this must be really awful because if this much made it into the paper, you know. I don't know. I mean, the whole trial was just a joke. Who who okay. was it Weeks that prosecuted that? No, so oh my god. Moderna, I think was his name. Oh, it was the AG. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But Moser was um a part of this. Mm-hmm. So I mean, at this point, you know, we're fighting for Jarrell. Um, you know, I reached out to the Innocence Project. They actually got back to me. So and AACP got back to me. So Jarrell, they want a letter of, you know, all the information from Jarrell and everything. So we're working on that, um, you know, and hopefully we can get like a lawyer or someone to help his lawyer to actually fight for him. Because to me, this whole thing should have just been thrown out. Mm-hmm. I don't, once, once a lie is brought to that, like attention automatically, she's not credible. Well, that, that's, so, she should have never been used as a CI or anything. Like the fact that they did that, they, they must have really been hard up for some propaganda of, look how much better we're making the town because we took some junkies off the street. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm not saying, you know, people look at it as like, oh, yeah, everybody that gets arrested for drugs, you just think they're innocent. No, but when the job isn't being done correct, and like you said, there's red flags and things, you're messing with somebody's life. Jarrell has five kids that he takes care of. He busted his ass to not be another statistic mm-hmm. and you know was doing amazing he's doing amazing and you just ruined somebody's life based on you know these alleged things that this girl said like well and the other happened. issue is they they take people the people that are addicts that they're not selling drugs and making any money off of it they're supporting their habit and they they act like they're taking these big, bad drug dealers off the street. And it's not true because here's the thing. And I bring this up every time. So you have this CI who's usually a drug addict. Okay. They get Mm -hmm. to do drugs. They can sell drugs if they want to, because if anybody says anything against them, they're not going to charge them because then they're going to lose their credibility. And guess what? They never get their drug dealer. The CI is not going to put their actual drug dealer out there because then they're not going to have, not going to be able to buy drugs. It's going to be people they don't like. Whether or not those people are involved in drugs, it doesn't matter. Or you said like the he pissed her off because he was talking to other girls or whatever, you know. And and that's that's the thing. I mean, around here, hell, you got to watch if you if you hook up with the wrong person on Tinder, you know, you might get some drug yeah. charges. Yes, <laughs> it's, basically, if you look at his case, yes, it's like who who can you trust anymore? You know, I could be talking to some guy on Facebook, and then all of a sudden, my police are the police are at my door. Well, because, and that was the thing that really got me when they tried to say that, oh, well, because he's friends with this guy on Facebook or whatever, that somehow, I'm like, yeah. that is the weakest evidence I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Like, that is pathetic. I have so many Facebook friends that I've never met, mm-hmm. never talked to. You know, I have my own little business page, too, that I have. And Jarrell stated that, you know, he cuts hair. He was cutting hair on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, he now does, like graphic photos for people that have like music that they want to promote or something. He does all that stuff. So he accepts any friend request that he can. Right. You know, hoping that someone's going to reach out to him to make money, Mm -hmm. you know? And the other thing that got me at sentencing, um, when the judge was talking about, you know, all, all his sentencings and things like that, she went off of, 
his co-conspirator and other people in this thing stating, okay, well, let's look at what they got. But he was found not guilty of being a part of this organization and also was found not guilty of the co-conspiracy with this guy. So why are you basing his sentencing off theirs? Right. So this 10 to 42 years, he should have had less than that. He should have never... His sentencing should have never been 10 to 42. No. And, well, and, and when from, if I remember right, when I was reading the article that was in the paper about that, that was more time than the AG even asked for. So yeah. it was like, what the hell? Like it was, and I really believe that was retaliation because he didn't mm-hmm. just sit there and shut up and was telling people what was going on. And they hate that because they can't control it. Yep. Yep. Anybody that speaks up and, the thing with lawyers out here is everybody's like goody goody with each other, the DA and these lawyers, and they pick and choose, you know, okay, well, I'll give you this one, you give me that one. Like, so sometimes it's even hard to find a lawyer in town to fight for you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that Jarrell wanted brought up in trial that weren't. Right. Um, so, you know, it's hard. It's hard for a case like this and to prove your innocence out here. Um, I just hope, I mean, maybe this was meant to happen. Maybe, you know, this will blow up. He'll, he'll prove his innocence with something. And maybe the corruption that happens out here to everyone, maybe it will change. Maybe this will be the change, you know, so. Well, he's, he's still pending. He has an appeal in process, doesn't he? So right now um, there was a motion filed for basically uh, like amending his sentencing Mm-hmm. So more than likely, you know, the judge is probably going to deny it and then it will go to a higher court. So once his motion for sentencing goes through, then I think you have 28 days to file for your appeal. So, okay. I mean, that's the plan. That's definitely the plan, obviously. So, but he's found a lot of things out also um, in jail that since he was found not guilty of the co-conspiracy linking him to this whole organization that he should have been eligible for a new trial right then and there. Um, because now it's just, it's secluding him from that and that none of that stuff should be brought up in the new trial then. Well, yeah, that, that should all been, um, they should have filed a motion to suppress all that because he, it's, I don't know. I, that Richard Corcoran, that was his attorney, correct? Yes. I'm, I'm not really sure what to think of him because, I've seen some, it's like all, every time it's one of these cases, he's on it. And it's just like, there's so much evidence there that the person isn't guilty and they still lose at trial. And it just, I don't get yeah. it. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Um, you know, like I said, Jarrell, there was a lot of things he wanted brought up in trial and he was even trying to tell his lawyer, like, say it like this so that the lie comes out, you know, and then we can state to the jury, well, this is the truth right here. And things weren't done that way. So, right, and I'm almost wondering, like, I think it was a bad idea to have him take the stand from the sense of if they had this girl up there and she was getting caught in a bunch of lies, why why not just leave it at that? Whereas so when you put him up there, now they have to weigh both their testimony, whereas it's just her and she's obviously full of shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and honestly, that was that was Jarrell's doing. Um it was more or less he wanted to get up on stand and tell the truth of the whole thing. Right. So 
I think he wasn't happy with the way things went at trial. And he was hoping that, you know, the jury would hear the truth from him and, you know, sway in his way. But even, even when the jury, um, went back to, uh, deliberate the whole thing and all that. I mean, it was within a half hour that they were called back, you know, to the court. And that's pretty fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. You get people, the one guy, um, you get people that are like literally sleeping and aren't even paying attention to it, you Mm -hmm. know, and I get it. Some people just don't care. It's like, I don't want to be here. You know, it's, but you have to be there, you know? So it, it sucks that, I feel like, you know, everyone, I wish everyone in the jury would have been like paying close attention. when you see somebody literally just with their head down, like falling asleep, it sucks. Well, and it's like, you know, if you've had the opportunity to spend your whole life in this country, I think the least you can do is keep an innocent person out of jail, you know, pay attention for a couple hours and do that. But uh, that's another thing too, that I bring up a lot Two two of the mistakes people will make, and it's a lot of times it's the folks that have never been involved with the system before. So you think, Oh, I'm just going to tell them I'm innocent and I'll be fine. But talking to the police, one of the worst things you can do and testifying your own defense, especially when you think, Oh, I'm going to get up there and proclaim my innocence. 99% of the time it doesn't work out. And that's just something I want. Right. And I know it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to like the average person, but that's just how it is. So. Oh yeah, and you know, to the remark of the guy that you wanted to bring on when him when he stated, you know, when Jarrell gets out, maybe he'll just go back home. Oh yeah, Jarell, and that 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 wasn't racist comment at all. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come on, like, man. Jarrell has lived out here. Like, I honestly, I don't know if he was born out here. I never asked him that, but he was here when he was little. Like, mm-hmm. and he shared some of this in trial. You know, um, so I'll go ahead and share it because you know, we had this personal conversation before where he told me about his past and everything, you know, mm-hmm. he told me like, I grew up in a crack house, you know, and he was pulled out of school. I mean, when you're young like that, you're taught, okay, this is how you do things. Right. Well, he was in and out of juvenile and all this stuff. And, you know, it took him a while. He, he doesn't, he, he told in trial, like, yes, I did things in my past that I'm not proud of, you know, and one day I finally woke up. I realized it, you know, this is, this is the right way to live my life. But to say like, go back home. I mean, the guy has lived out here his whole life. So when you've lived here that long, this is your home. So I don't know what the guy, like all these people think, oh, okay. Someone's not white. So they're not from here. Let's send them back to where they came from. Most well, it, it's that and the idea that if someone moves here from Philly or Jersey, they're only coming here to sell drugs. And, well, yeah. maybe they're coming here because, you know, the cost of living's a lot cheaper. Yeah. There's a lot less crime. There's a lot less murder, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. It, there's, About- there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to leave those areas and come here. <laughs> exactly. And there's a lot of people out here that moved here because of that. You mm-hmm. know, they've they wait for their Section 8 approval for here mm-hmm. because the cost of living, the better life for their kids, because Philadelphia, you know, is definitely no place for your kids to grow up the way things are going out there. Um, you know, so these people just think like, yeah, they're coming here for drugs. It's not the case. Right. You know, 
people, I, I grew up not looking at somebody as a different color. I was never, you know, I was taught everybody's the same and I just don't understand how these people are like, Oh, okay. They're black. So they need to be sent to jail because they're guilty. If this case would have been, let's say me, some, a white girl from Altoona, I guarantee you, I would have been found not guilty. If it was the same thing going on that Jarrell just happened. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the problem is you have, it's kind of like a double bias because there's the stigma that because just because you're accused of being involved with drugs and then if you're a black person and then if for whatever reason they think you're a black person from out of town, then it's like, it just keeps stacking up, you know? Mm -hmm. I actually had a friend and the cops used, said that she was an out of towner because her birth certificate said New Jersey and she had lived here since she was like five years old. Mm -hmm. Still classified her as this out of towner that came to Altamina to sell drugs. It's like, well, no. that's the thing too, is they, yeah, they, they can get up there and say whatever the hell they want and just blatantly lie. And it's, yeah. it's perfectly fine, you know? And I know for a fact that they, that's the other thing that pisses me off too, is they, it's like once they get an idea in their head, like a CI says, oh, this person sold drugs. They don't look at anything that might exonerate that person. It's all, what can we do to make sure we get them? So we yes. don't look stupid because we already filed the charges. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I I'm I can't wait. Um, they filed for the trial transcripts for this whole thing, mm-hmm. and I can't wait till he receives them, so that you know, for his appeal, he has it ready and can highlight the lies that were told. And you know, I don't know if the jury missed it. You know, when the lies were being pointed out, because they're too I busy like sleeping. He, yeah. <laughs> so it's like once we get these trial transcripts and it's right there the lies that she told and didn't match up. She actually said that Jarrell's phone number was the number of this co-conspirator of his. She lied about telephone numbers. There was nothing even on record from this telephone number. It wasn't even in the packet for the whole organization that they, you know, founded. And I mean, there's just so many lies that she told. Nothing matched up. It was just completely ridiculous. Right. So, I hope these trial transcripts, you know, once he gets them and he's been in there working at the law library, finding anything out that he can, he has people helping him. So. Well, and that's the other thing that pisses me off about the transcripts is like, it's like 400 bucks for uh, trial transcripts. So it's like cost prohibitive, which is ridiculous. Like that, that Mm -hmm. you should just be able to go download that on the internet, you know? That's what I wanted to get. um, Somebody, I think it was actually on the page. They sent that article about Moser um, in the trial that he lied in. Mm-hmm. You know, if I want to go get those trial transcripts, then I got to pay out of pocket a lot of money. <laughs> like, well, that's that's what doesn't make any sense to me work. is it's a it's a public trial. But then you got to jump through all these hoops to get any like the transcripts mm-hmm. or anything. It's it's yeah. it, it's rigged in their favor, you know, because mm-hmm. here's the government. They have pretty much unlimited funds and. Oh, poor guy over here. He already spent a couple, you know, grand, tens of thousands of dollars on his attorney. And well, we're going to need another couple hundred for your transcripts. Like, that's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. Something given to you. Yep. You know, so, yeah. Yeah. If you have to sit there at trial and deal with their bullshit for however many days, that's the least they could do is like, well, here's the transcripts, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's your right to have them, but hey, you still got to pay for them. Uh huh. 
So is, is there anything else you wanted to go over? Or because I, I'm just kind of winging it here. I just wanted to get because I had originally told Jarrell, I said, well, you know, I'll have you on the podcast or whatever. And unfortunately, I, you know, we're both busy, obviously, and I didn't get this set up that I could actually do uh, phone calls until very recently, which unfortunately, you know, he wasn't able to come on the show then. So that's why I reached out to you. Yeah, no, he was, he was really excited that you reached out to me to do this and stuff. Cause he was excited whenever he talked to you the um, first time about it and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's just excited. He wants his story to get out there as much as possible. And, you know, we're just praying that these organizations are going to help. It sounds like the NAACP is very interested in it as of right now. So, you know, it's just a waiting game right now. Right. Well, and that's what sucks is, you know, he's wasting his time away and there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. about it for the time being. So his life is on pause because of some girls, you know, alleged sayings of him that weren't true. And yeah. A known liar that wanted to get out of jail. So she called up the most corrupt cops she could find like, Hey, I can uh, throw some names out for you. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It's, I don't understand it. <laughs> And it's not the only, not the only time this has happened. This has happened to several people. So, yep. you know, hopefully just hopefully something good comes out of this, you know, and people start realizing what Blair County has been doing. Well, and that's know. the thing is it's like the story's the same every time. It's like you have the literally the least reliable person that's throwing all these names out there and they just believe it. And it's everybody that gets caught up in this. And, you know, and that guy was saying, if he's like, well, you know, if you don't associate with these people, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so what? You you never, you're never in your life going to meet the new person. You just have this like circle of three people you've known all your life since kindergarten. Like if you, if you, like you said, if you add the wrong person on Facebook for whatever reason, that's something they can use against you. If you message the wrong Mm -hmm. person on Tinder or meet up with the wrong girl, like, might be getting drug charges even though you weren't doing drugs or selling drugs or anything. And it's just, they, but these people, <laughs> they're just, the, the ones that complain about this stuff and just assume everybody's guilty, it's just because I think <clears throat> they kind of have lived in a bubble all their lives or like that guy, he's a former state trooper. So I can go on all day about the stuff the Pennsylvania State Police have done because they're, a lot of them aren't very good people. But uh, yeah. And I mean, and people just think, oh, okay, they're a police officer, so they're trustworthy. And no, there's, there is great police officers out there, but there's a lot of corrupt things that go on and people just don't take the time to realize it. They just, you know, they take the officer's word for it. Well, and that's, that's the thing that irritates me too, as they say, you know, every career has, you know, dirt bags or whatever, which is true. But I don't know if there's another career outside of law enforcement, whether talking about cops or DAs or attorney generals or whatever, that has the ability to destroy somebody's life just because maybe they don't feel like doing their job today or maybe they'll just fib a little bit on this police report or, you know, it doesn't take a lot. Yeah. I actually, um, from the page with the whole discussion that went on, um, I had somebody reach out to me that... I'm not, I don't want to give up who they are. So, um, right. Let's just say they have, they have, um, a good family connection with Tiffany and they reached out to me and they said, listen, anything that you want, I'm willing to help Jarrell with both of these people. And, you know, basically tell what kind of a person she actually is, what she has 
did to us and what she lied about before and, you know, all these things she's done. So, you know, he's not the first person that she's did this to. So it's pretty incredible yeah. when the star witness, yeah. even their own family comes out and basically says they're a piece exactly. of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> but, but the cops so, couldn't figure that out. I was like, where were you during trial? Like, <laughs> so I don't know. Hopefully we can just gather a lot more things now that this is, you know, been brought to attention more and maybe more people will even come through with her credibility as a witness. So, well, that's unfortunately in the legal system, it, you know, you just have to play that game where it's at right now. That's really all you can do. But, you know, yeah. I, I just want people to know what's really going on with, with him and everybody else that ends up in this crap. And, you know, hopefully at some point it will come to an end. It's just, yeah. it's stuff like this has been going on for so long in Blair County. It's, I think even the people that know that it's wrong and know that it goes on is like, well, that's just kind of how it is. And it's like, well, that's not really a good answer. Yeah, it's just been let go for so long. You know, you can't just keep allowing it to happen. Just because it's not affecting you doesn't mean someone should fight for it. Well, you know, and that's the thing is, so it affa- it's affecting, and that's that's another problem people get into is, oh, this doesn't affect me. Well, like, well it can affect you or somebody you care about yeah. down the road, so why don't you deal with it now? You know, yeah. just, just because it's not on your doorstep today doesn't mean it won't be tomorrow. Yep. And these people that really... That's this is going through, you know, so... Right, and these people that really believe, oh, this, this could never happen to me because I'm not involved in drugs. Well, guess what? It can. <laughs> it can. It's, just, li- just like him. I mean, he stated, yep. you know, he grew up in a crack house. He would never... He said, I have never in my life sold drugs. He's like, yes, I've, you know, stolen. He has things for theft and stuff like that, but... Mm-hmm. He knows what that does to people and right. what it did to him and his life. He's like, it just, you know, I don't know. He said, he was like, maybe this is karma, you know, for the things I did in my past. He's like, I don't understand. You know, he was living life right, working, was getting everything together. And then, bam, this happens to him. So, no, you don't have to be involved in anything. You just never know. No. And the other thing is, too, with the cops, I mean... How much how much proof and evidence do you have to do to actually have a cop charged with wrongdoing? You know, that that's a quite a, a hill to climb. Mm-hmm. Whereas the average person somebody points a finger. It's it's just like the I'm hoping to have um probably have Rhonda Russell's dad on here at some point soon. because um, I guess they're like doing absolutely nothing about that. And you know, if if that was the average person that was in a situation like that and you pulled the trigger and made a bad shot, like that's manslaughter instantly. It wouldn't even been questioned. But because oh, yeah. a police officer did it, you know, oh, well, we're just going to have to wait for the investigation. Like it's been how long now? What are you investigating? What is there mm-hmm. left to investigate? It's pretty obvious what happened, you know? Yeah, if they're picking shoes, they don't want to, you know, prosecute this guy because they all probably know him and. Yeah, so, but they'll have up in Clearfield County, there was that lady that, uh, I guess she was going a little bit too fast and her car went off the road and was in an accident. Unfortunately, her kid died and they charged her with vehicular homicide. She's going to do some time in jail because it's yep. all about accountability, you know. Yep. Depends who it is, though. Yeah, and she's already suffering enough, you know, that she's probably blaming herself, you know, obviously for her child's death. And now you're going to. Well, it, it's yeah. like, really? People so get car she, accidents every day. Exactly. Like, and she didn't wake up in that morning and like, oh, I'm going to kill my kid today. You know, that's that's yeah. ridiculous. But that's what they act mm-hmm. like. Yes, we pretty much covered everything then, so. 
Yep. I don't think I have anything else to add to it. So. Okay. Well, thanks for being on the show. And I'll probably have this out sometime later today. I'll let you know when I get it uploaded. So. Yeah, perfect. Let me know and I'll share it to mine and his page and everything. All right. Well, like I said, thanks again. And uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. Yep. You too. Bye. All right, folks. Well, that's uh, what we got for today. Like I said, hopefully we can, uh, I'll be able to cover some more stuff on the, whatever's going on with the Ronald Russell case. I don't think anything's really happened and that's the whole issue. So hopefully the next episode or next, within the next couple of episodes, I'll be able to get that out. But uh, until next time, live free or effing die.